0: Welcome to the Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor podcast with Victor Dadaj, where you'll hear stories and strategies to help increase your sales and grow your business. Here's your host, Victor Dadaj.
1: All right. Welcome to Entrepreneurs Visiting Victor. I am Victor Dadaj. I hope you're having an amazing day. So for today, we have an awesome guest. He is a highly respected and award-winning analytics leader, with over 20 years of experience in strategy, customer experience, and data science. He is the founder of Catalytics, a service company that helps Fortune 500 companies like Nike, Kellogg's, Keurig, Dr. Pepper, and Jim Beam to execute actionable AI and data analytics strategies to solve their toughest business challenges. He holds a BS in mechanical and engineering and an executive MBA from the University of Texas at Austin. So let's welcome Frank Mendoza. How are you doing today, Frank? I'm doing fantastic, Victor. Thank you so much for having me. It's a real honor. Oh, it's great to have you on, Frank. I'd like to get started back to please share your story. How did you wind up becoming an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, uh, it's uh, kind of an interesting story, right? So uh, I spent a lot of years in corporate America, um, but I had this entrepreneurial itch about me. Uh, Even when I was in those corporate roles, I focused on intrapreneur-type in, uh, opportunities and roles. So I would jump into um, situations where we were doing some kind of you know, skunk works or something unique inside the organization, um, and I always gravitated towards those opportunities. Um, so you know, entrepreneurship uh, really uh, was something I was interested in doing. Uh, I had the opportunity in 2015 to launch my own company, Catalytics, Um, And it really took and and offered me the opportunity to mesh some of the passions that I had. One of those being analytics and uh, statistics, and the other is problem solving. So in those entrepreneurial opportunities inside those large corporate organizations, I always leaned heavily on uh, analyzing information, analyzing data to really come up with solutions and uh, opportunities to help kind of grow those businesses. And so, Catalytics uh, afforded me the opportunity to start my own company, to really focus on helping organizations take advantage of some of these advanced analytic technologies that are coming out, things like machine learning, artificial intelligence, and certainly some of the new generative AI solutions uh, like ChatGPT, MidJourney, and some of those solutions. So, over the last eight years um really had the great pleasure you you've named some of those brands I've worked with small medium businesses as well as some of the larger ones to help them implement and execute some of these uh, AI and data analytics strategies to continue to grow their business
1: no definitely some good stuff here so you mentioned you were in corporate America for many years but even while you were there you were always still had that entrepreneurial bug in you and you you Got involved in some entrepreneurial roles while you were there as well, and then finally you decided to go launch your own company, Catalytics. Um, you know, because your your strength was in analytics and statistics and problem solving, and that's something as an entrepreneur that's really huge. Problem, you know, all those things, but especially problem solving. Whether it's a person or a company, they have problems that needs to be solved, and as entrepreneurs, we need to solve their problems. So you're helping a lot of organizations uh, with that stuff. And especially, and I'm sure we'll be talking about in the next few minutes, you know, advanced technologies such as AI chat, GBT and all that stuff, it's become the rage. I'm starting to dabble a little bit of it uh, in it myself. And so so pretty interesting things there, Uh, you know, like two people type the exact, like if I type a question and you type the same question, we we'll get different answers, slightly different answers. Pretty interesting. You would think it would be the same answer, but it's not always the case. So, there's a lot to be uh, to learn about. So I'm really fascinated because it's it, it's uh it, it's it's going to be used in so many different facets of business, and and I'm sure you know we'll be talking about that. Uh, uh very shortly now when you got started in 2015 did your corporate experience help you a lot with getting clients because you probably developed relationships in your in when you and corporate market did that help you yeah I,
0: th- I think uh it helped me in a couple um avenues right one was uh i understood what corporate organizations were looking for right so uh when i left dell i was a director of strategy and business transformation Um, So I understood what they were looking for when they were trying to revolutionize or transform their organization and understood what a strategy would look like for a large corporate company. When I left uh, 3M, uh, it was more around uh, I was a a senior director there. Focused on service and support organization for a uh, acquisition they made, and so I think what allowed me, corporate America, allowed me to do was really focus on what does ROI look like for a corporate organization, and what does managing a multi-matrixed organization uh, look like, right? And so being able to kind of take those aspects. Uh, now, one of the things that you know you're challenged with with large corporate organizations is um inertia and the the ability to move a large organization is always a bit of a challenge. So how do you lead change within a large multi-matrixed, functional sometimes multinational organization is, is a bit of a challenge. And so I think you know my experience in working with some of the most influential brands uh, in my corporate experience helped me um, bridge the gap towards how would i be able to support them and help them execute um the clients that i was going to be working with as part of catalytics
1: no definitely okay that, that makes sense so yeah, obviously you had a lot of good experience and you work with some very you know well-known companies like Dell and 3m and obviously that helped you understand the corporate structure and made you understand many of the issues that corporate america deals with and so you, know, you and you're able to show these companies how you can solve their problems because you understand what they're going through. And one of the challenges you mentioned is inertia. I mean, how to move a large company is always a big challenge. Uh, people think it's not, but it can be. Because I can tell you, the larger the company, uh, definitely the more the harder it is to make things move. So uh, you, yeah, you know, it's 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 hard across. to move those
0: large organizations, right? But you know, I would argue smaller organizations that I've worked with in the past also have their own unique. Um, challenges as well, right? And so those are more around limited resources, you know, uh, time is of the essence, right? Trying to find problem uh, market fit as quickly as possible. Um, how do I invest in the right solutions that are going to give me the biggest bang for the buck? Th- there's different elements, whether you're talking about a corporate company or a small or medium business, um, but the challenge exists that they need some kind of strategy, right? A strategy that's going to focus on. What's the, the the challenge that they're faced right now? And how do I ensure that my effort, my energy, and my resources are allocated towards solving that challenge?
1: No, definitely. And you're right. Smaller companies have different challenges. Like you said, a lot of them, they have limited resources, limited budget. Times of the end, they, get, they need the biggest bang for the buck because they can't afford to waste money on something else that's going to work. Corporate, you know, bigger companies, you know, if something doesn't work, you know, they can they can lose million, a million dollars, but a small company cannot. So if it doesn't yeah. work, it's like they also. yeah you're definitely right about that. So each one has its different challenges, and that's why you can't have a one size fits all solution. It has to be tailored to the needs of the client, which is why you need to understand them, and and try to listen to them, and you know, and and I I think sometimes a lot of people when they're trying to sell their services to companies, they just say this is what you need instead of finding out what they need so and, uh, that i think would you would you agree listening is an extremely important um is very important in your business you know trying to understand that listen to what the client's needs uh and, and desires are because if they don't feel that they're heard and no matter how good your solution is they're not going to listen to you. would you agree oh, Vic, you're,
0: you're hitting on something that you know i think is pivotal towards you know launching your entrepreneurial journey which is what, what's your ability to ask good questions right and and the, the the one of the core elements of asking a good question is not formulating a response immediately as soon as you ask the question in terms of what you anticipate they're going to do but truly listening to what their answer is to that because then I'll formulate the next question right because the intent at least for my organization and, and my uh, business is really to understand the root cause and the challenges they're going and determining whether AI, or in this case, you know, generative AI or more traditional uh, AI is going to solve their problem? Or is it some other aspect that we need to be looking at to kind of address the challenges that they're facing?
1: No, I agree. And you made me think of uh, the phrase, listen with the intent. Like you said, don't formulate a response before you hear what they say. Very often, people listen with the intent to respond instead of with the intent to understand first. And and then that, that can make the all the difference between getting the client and losing them. So definitely some yeah, one, of, one of the great
0: books I've read, right? Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seek first to understand, then to be understood. Uh, it's one of the core tenets um, that I try and follow in my organization because it's so pivotal. You know, For, for someone like me that's in the services business. To institute or implement a solution that really doesn't solve a problem is actually to the detriment, not only to the client, but to my organization, right? Because then I'm not truly solving a problem for them.
1: Oh, definitely. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Great book. I highly recommend it. And anything by Covey is is, is yeah. really good. <laughs> good. Um, another book I, I, I enjoy, which also fits in what we were just talking about the last couple of minutes, is How to Win Friends and Influence People by uh, Dale okay. Carnegie. Yes. Learn how to listen is such an important uh uh it's, it's really important to listen well so definitely some good stuff so let's get into more you've mentioned a little bit about ai chat b chat gbt and all that um because this is something that's the last few months our past year it's getting more and more uh uh popular people looking into more and i i you know i've only i'm only hit the the tip of the iceberg before you know my interaction with it so far, I like what I see. It can help you in so many different ways. So I can imagine you have a lot to share with our audiences. How it can really be effective for your organization? Now it can help you build your business. So you might talk in a little bit about it.
0: Yeah. So over the last several months, like you mentioned, you know AI, machine learning, these these you know buzzword type things have been pretty popular over the last few years. But in November of last year, with the release of ChatGPT by OpenAI the popularity and um, the hype associated with these has really just skyrocketed, right? And over the last few months, Victor, I've had the pleasure of speaking with a lot of leaders in business, both small, medium businesses, as well as large businesses, and really understanding kind of what's their approach. Um, And what I'm hearing, you know, I'm talking with, you know, 100 plus people, is there some aspect of paralysis, there's some aspect of analysis paralysis right there's so many applications coming out to to in the in, in the ether right now into organizations there there's an aspect of i'm not sure what applications i should use or in what aspects there's also this fear and uncertainty associated with i can't invest in the wrong application i don't have to your point earlier i don't have you know excess funds or excess resources to throw at and make sure that it's you know hope is gonna is gonna uh, materialize into some value, right? So hope isn't a strategy, and so what I've uh, started working on, um, and I offer my clients is an opportunity to really get focused and prioritize those use cases that are gonna give the biggest bang for the buck. So really focused initially on what are the challenges that your organization is facing, what objectives and goals that you have for your organization, and then identify if and when AI is a potential opportunity in those spaces, right? And so that starts to clear out the uncertainty. It starts to allow them to build a business case that's strong, that identifies how they're going to actually use these technologies, how it's going to actually drive value for their for their organization, and at the end of the day, focus their energy and attention on the right solutions,
1: yeah, and you mentioned analysis paralysis, which happens so often in companies. It happens so it's it's a lot because we are inundated with so many different things, and mm-hmm. and with the internet, there's so many things available. You're wondering, should I do this? Should I do that? And it's one thing I've struggled with over the years because I get hit with a lot of opportunities, and I got to say no to most of them because if I try to do 12 things at once, I'm going to be successful in none of them because yeah. you can't multitask. so uh, and and so I've just learned to say no to a lot of things not because it's anything bad, but it's it's for me. So you're right and a lot of they don't know like you mentioned what application should I use. There's a lot of fear and uncertainty especially among smaller companies, you know they can't they don't want to invest in the wrong application. So uh, so you have them folk and focus is something very important. You have them focus on you know what challenges they have, what are their objectives, and then you go over that with them and then you see if artificial intelligence is useful for their for their company, which I think is a very good idea. And then uh, they can just see if they want to invest in it or not. Yeah, the focus, I think, is so important because it's so easy to get distracted. Like you said, you bombard with so many things, you don't know what to do, you wind up doing nothing and you just waste a lot of time. Now, you know, now talking more about AI and chat GBT, Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, good things going on, but there's also some misconceptions about what are some of the misconceptions you've come across uh, regarding AI?
0: Yeah, so there there are several challenges associated with AI. And, um, you know, we talked a little bit about one of those, right? Earlier, we talked about inertia. So a lot of organizations already have established processes and established uh, standard operating procedures and things like that. AI, you know, has the opportunity and potential to disrupt a lot of those processes, right? So one of the first risks um, is really getting a lay of, of your process, your, your your journey, if you will, of how to take advantage of this and see how it implements into the existing processes. That leads to another challenge, which is upskilling or potentially finding skilled resources around these technologies, right? So these are very, you know, in some aspects, relatively new technologies. And so do you have the resource that are gonna be able to take advantage of this, know how to use it and be able to execute successfully? And then we talk about the actual models themselves, right? So, you know, I mentioned ChatGPT and MidJourney or some of the other ones that are image generation tools. The reality is, there's a lot of aspects that companies need to be concerned with. There's bias in the data sets. So, you know, does it offer the information that you want? There's things called hallucinations where these models are just making up information. So I always caveat people who are leveraging these technologies, don't take it at face value. If there's an output that it gives you, make sure you're doing the due diligence that's necessary to make sure that you're checking and double checking to ensure that, the information that it gave you is accurate and that you're ready to publish before you hit that publish button. And then there's aspects around privacy, right? So, you know, you don't wanna put information into these tools that are proprietary, that have, for example, customer information that you're you're putting your business at risk with regards to leveraging these technologies. And then depending on what you're building, uh, there's still questions, Victor, around uh, IP ownership, intellectual property ownership, you know Who owns these? The reality of the situation is today, the technology is moving a lot faster than legislation and regulation are, can keep up. And so there's going to be a lot of open-ended questions with regards to these technologies before anyone can put you know guardrails around everything that we're going to be doing here in the near future.
1: Mm, that's some interesting stuff there. Like you mentioned, technology is moving faster than the laws and the regulations. So uh, it's going to, It's probably gonna take a little while for the regulations to catch up because I think we're still learning all this stuff. So it's brand new. So we don't know what are the good stuff, some of the excesses, we need to worry about. So definitely some things to think about. But you're right, and you, me- you mentioned it, it can disrupt sort of process. You have to take that into consideration. You, know, you also it's gonna help upscale, but also you need to find skilled people, skilled resources, It's a new technology, and then you mentioned like hallucination that can happen, and you mentioned you you have to do your due diligence. Because you, know, you gotta make sure the information is accurate before you publish, but also there's privacy concerns as well. You wanna make sure like mm-hmm. customer data, customer info is not involved in those things. So uh, definitely a lot of things to think about. Uh, so I'm sure like any new clients that you're doing, they you know I'm sure you're talking about all these things with them before you guys get started. So uh, now there's definitely yeah I, th-
0: I think the cool thing, right, Victor, is these things are accessible. So what I really enjoy about this is it is really, you know, these generative AI tools have really lowered the barrier to entry for people to take advantage of that, right? But what I am fearful of or or give caution to is you need to take into consideration some of the things that you may not be thinking about, right? And that's where the value of adding someone who has, has, you know, got some experience in this space and understands and is... Uh, helping organizations think through some of the challenges that they're going to experience as they execute some of these technologies.
1: No, and that makes a lot of sense. You definitely need someone who knows that. And uh, it's it's going to make things so much easier. Um and this again this a, a lot of this is very new. So we're all learning. So and it's going to be like that over the next few years. I I have the sense AI is here to stay. I don't think it's going away. I think it's going to be, you know, as we learn more, I think companies are going to find a lot of uses for it. That's just my opinion. I'm sure you agree with that. Um, and this this um you talk about something called uh, machine learning and deep learning and AI. So you can tell me what yeah. are the differences between them?
0: Yeah, so you know, when you're thinking about AI, there's different aspects of AI, right? So AI is more of a discipline. Think physics, think chemistry. AI is is a discipline. Underneath that is Aspects of it called machine learning. Machine learning is where it actually, you take, uh, you know, some data, you train an algorithm to learn patterns, you learn um, features and attributes that are driving and influencing a target. In this case, maybe you're trying to predict, um, you know, customer churn, right? Or you're trying to predict sales uh, forecasted numbers for the next quarter. So you're trying to predict something and you feed enough data into a machine learning algorithm that it starts to learn the patterns and can build a, a, a you know a prediction around those targets. Deep learning gets a subset of even machine learning and deep learning really focuses on the, uh, the use of neural networks. So think of, you know, uh, I I hate to use this analogy, but it's probably the the, the layman's approach is it's it's similar to the way maybe a brain thinks, right? So there's a lot of different weights and biases and, and aspects to making a decision. And similar to how we don't know much about how the brain works, these neural networks also are a bit of a black box. And so when you look at AI, it's the overall discipline. There's different aspects. Machine learning is training a data uh training an algorithm to learn from a data set and then deep learning takes it one step further and leverages neural networks to actually uh, accomplish that that pattern recognition and eventual prediction
1: No, uh, no thanks for explaining that and for breaking it down and i think the the comparison with the brain the neurons was very helpful so i just uh, so i definitely like that thank you and uh now you know Frank, can you share some examples of how AI and data analytics have been used to enhance customer experience or improve customer engagement? You know give a couple examples of that?
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, again, I mentioned customer churn, for example. Um, as a small business or as, as a, a larger business, you know the intent of, of you know acquiring a customer is much larger than the cost associated with retaining a customer. Right. There are multiple situations where people have been able to take advantage of AI, uh, in this case, maybe machine learning or traditional machine learning to identify customers who are likely to churn. And so by, you know, recognizing what levers, what features, what attributes drive eventual churn, you could begin to predict who's likely to churn. Right. And the net result of knowing that is now you can take proactive steps. You can reach out to them, maybe provide more white gloves treatment, start to identify what might be the reasons for them uh, to leave your organization and start to address those. So that's that's one example. Right. There's also the opportunity now with these generative AI solutions um, is the opportunity to start doing personalization and really enhance that customer experience. There's going to be an opportunity here to really start to segment and and you know really hyper segment your organization your your clients and then build using generative AI solutions unique and distinct messaging and potentially imagery as well that you can then tailor that message, that marketing message to that specific client based on where they are on their customer journey. And as you can imagine, Victor, that's going to be, you know, kind of a holy grail for a lot of organizations to be able to say, I'm targeting, I'm talking to Victor. Uh, I know he is at this stage in the buying cycle. And the net result is we are going to be able to give him the right message at the right time uh, with, with the right solution. Um, that's gonna be huge um, in terms of not only reinforcing my brand, but also growing my my revenue.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. If you can hyper-segment and tailor that message to to each individual client or potential client, that thing could be really huge for for an organization. And, you know, that definitely will enhance the customer experience. And that thing about finding out who's more likely to churn, I think that definitely can definitely help out so much. So definitely some really good stuff there. Um, now, as we're getting toward the end of our interview, so do you have any last-minute pieces of advice for our audience here who – you know, who are interested in learning more about AI, chat, CBT, and stuff like that?
0: Yeah, so I think, you know, as as you begin to, you know, play with these tools, I really encourage people to get in there and, and experiment. Really try and take advantage. The wave is coming is what I typically tell people. The wave is coming. Um, you can either try and ride the wave or get crushed by the wave. And I really think that those folks who are you know, experimenting with the technology, who are trying it out, determining what are the best uh, approaches to leverage it, are going to be in the uh, best setup for success in the long term. Now, the other piece of advice that I would say is also be cognizant, though, of where you are starting to leverage it, right? Like I mentioned earlier, you need to recognize that there's a lot of applications out there. And for you to really focus your energy and your time and your resources against those that are going to give you the biggest bang for the buck is imperative to your success long term as well. And so that's where, you know, like I mentioned before, finding someone who is familiar with the technologies can help you identify and prioritize those use cases to set you up for success is going to be pivotal to your um, uh, growing your organization. Uh,
1: Definitely. I definitely totally agree with that experiment with experiment with it you know learn it better and also uh be aware of where you're starting to leverage in with your organization focus on the resource that will bring you the most bang for the buck and you know hire someone who knows the stuff and uh can definitely help you out with that so really uh frank i want to thank you so much for being on the show it was a pleasure having you on you share a lot of great tips a lot of great wisdom about business, growing your business, artificial intelligence, Chad JVT. I learned a lot. And I know the people listening to this episode also learned a lot. So again, thank you for being on the show. And Frank, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to contact you?
0: Yeah, I would love to hear how people are trying to experiment with this stuff. Um, You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just look up Frank Mendoza or Catalytics. Or you can email me directly at frank at catalytics.ai. Again, that's frank at catalytics.ai.
1: Awesome. Thanks again, Frank. Really appreciate it. Have yourself an amazing day.
0: Likewise, Victor. Pleasure being here. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you've enjoyed listening, please smash that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our amazing episodes. Please also
1: leave a five-star rating review and have an awesome day.